Poker Table Trash Talk. This is Rip. And T. And we have two special guests this evening. Sir, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Bumblebee. And I am Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Dr. J. That's what we're calling him. Now I'm going to go with full Dr. Jones. At least until we hear the story. You're killing me, the audio. Oh man, I always hold it close. I have to get a deep. See these three green buttons and then the yellow. The yellow means you're. Just so you know, my lips are going to be on this mic the whole time. This is their first podcast they've ever been on, so. But they're both huge fans. R.I.P. Uh, headphone users, especially Doctor J. Huge fan. Listen to every episode. <laughs> so, Doctor J, tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe uh, where's a base or two you've been at? Any deployments? Anything cool? Uh, yes, I've been Effie Warren, Misawa, uh, multiple other bases, a couple deployments, been in since, uh, 2003. Wow. Yeah. Where were you in 2003, Rip? Uh, sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. You're old. I remember (laughs) 9-11 on, uh, Fox News. I was in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) You have to use mics here. We got to use the mics. Yeah, I was like, no, I was in elementary school. What we're trying to say is I don't think old. I even got Sorry, I'm just keeping you guys safe while you're in school. <laughs> Do you remember that guy named Bin Laden? Yeah, <laughs> knew him. <laughs> He's the one that chased him out. Yeah, were you in Tora Bora? <laughs> um, all right, cool, Bumblebee. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, been in for like eight years. Uh, I've been to Ellsworth and Misawa. Spent a little bit of time in Korea. Oh, Korea. Oh, Korea. Yeah, those are the best places in the world. If you ever want to go, you need to. Why? Why are they the best places in the world? If you've ever heard of these things called ramen, <laughs> that'll keep you in a place forever. And if you think I'm talking about the Maruchan stuff, no, 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 no. These things called ramen, as if it's not just a thing. <laughs> it is not a thing. <laughs> You uncultured swine. <laughs> There's all kinds of ramen. You got tenkatsu. You got shoyu. Beats. Miso. It'll change your world, man. You get that spicy ramen in you. Your stomach's not going to like it. Or your butthole. But. Your, <laughs> your taste buds are going to love you. Cool. Cool. So uh, why do they call you Bumblebee then? Since we're going to call you Bumblebee. That's kind of how we get a lot of our names on this podcast is we just ask them, hey, what's some call signs you had? And then we randomly pick one. Am I still too loud? Yeah, you're like screaming into it. Oh, you want me to scream? No. What if I just talk softly like this? That's perfect, actually. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) Welcome to Words with Words, your NBC radio podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is NPR. That's NPR. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how we get a lot Hard of the names <laughs> on this podcast is uh, we ask people what their call signs are. And then uh, so now we're going to ask them to describe their call signs. So Bumblebee, why did they call you Bumblebee? Well, that wasn't a really good example, but 
I quote a lot of things a lot of the time. And Bumblebee, as you know, in the first Transformers, didn't have a voice. So he used radio, TV in order to talk to everybody else. And that's kind of my communication on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the five love languages. Mine's movie quotes. It's, it's Not a lot of women language. get that, but at least my wife does, so that's Your good. Sixth love language. <laughs> and Dr. J. Well, uh, you can call him Dr. Jones, lady. Um, <laughs> do you want to pause? Oh, no. You're good. All right. No, you're good. We have visitors in our household. Oh, they might like the story, too. This would be an odd, odd thing to bring in. All right. So, what is it? 2005, Afghanistan. Uh, hook up with a fuels girl. Ooh. Hey, so we're kind of... You know, uh, on vacation. On vacation, you know, if you will. Yeah, on the stand. Um, All the coke is here for the jack. Yeah. The coke Thanks, the girl. Jack. You are number one. <laughs> why oh yeah you can yeah you can they understand okay. they, they understand us you. they've they've chosen to be with oh, us thank you well okay where was i you were, right. in, you uh, were in 2005 yeah. afghanistan fuels girl okay. inside of a fuels girl yes well get there <laughs> so the shop set up we you couldn't you weren't allowed to bring male or females back to your room at the time or the tents that we had. So any hookups happened at the shop. So it's late at night and we're thinking we're alone and we're on the couch and she's on top. And, uh, she has told me multiple times that I look like Harrison Ford, which as you can see is a striking resemblance. <laughs> so she's on top going to town riding and she's maybe oh, if you had a whip me. in your hand. Yeah. Indeed. You can see it even better. Yeah. And she's like, oh, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, you're so good, right? Wait, so wait, I don't wait, know wait. what. Is she Korean? No, but she was going full, <laughs> she was she was going full, full in like data or whatever the kid's name. That's awesome. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh, Dr. Jones. Just going to town. Well, needless to say, there was other people still in the shop behind the plywood wall. So after we do our thing and she leaves, all I hear in the back is, oh, Dr. Jones. <laughs> So from then on out, for probably a good 12 years, I was known as Dr. Jones. <laughs> Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. Okay. Well, not deal potatoes. Oh, dude, that's funny. That's a good one. Next oh, Halloween, I want to I, send me a picture. You better be dressed up as Oh, I have, I have the full getup. I have fedora, whip, and everything. Did you keep it because touch of her? that? Yeah, did you send it did You send it to her like annually? No, what's funny is that's my childhood hero is Dr. Jones. So when she said that without me saying, I was like... You came? Oh, uh, it was brilliant. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> Somebody finally gets me. I'm going to make a discovery here. Been trying to marry this chick ever since. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's good. That's that's one of the better uh, <laughs> stories we've had on here. I don't think we've actually did. We went through yours, right? I no, but mine's well. I don't remember if I went through mine, but I can share. Um, so I got to my first unit, uh, and they called me. They immediately decided they'd call me Teabag. Um, so I was like, okay, that's random. And they, they kind of had a weird reason with kind of how my name with kind of how my name sounds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is back in the day when I was legal. 
anyways, so it was like my first one of my first parties. The whole EOD kiss thing was happening. And then they were like, man, you haven't really lived up to your call sign. We're thinking of changing it. And so I was like, fuck that. I'm going to live up to it. So there's a very famous chief who was the chief of the schoolhouse at one time. Very fit guy. Ah. He likes to call people a cunt. Um, fat cunts. He has been known to get fired from <laughs> command chief positions <laughs> because of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was he was pretty obliterated. And But he was my senior at the time. And I saw the opportunity where he was sitting on a uh sitting on a, a picnic table um like on the bench part and facing away from the picnic table so i pulled the draws down took a stance and then i executed and i earned my my cost that, that that's, that's respect oh that's man respect. i'm so. surprised he didn't just like beat the tar out of you right no there. dude he thought it was hilarious i mean you gotta know the guy yeah. he was very obliterated <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but he had, yeah, he had, never mind, yeah. Taking his compliment. That's funny. I, uh, yeah. I always just got called Rip Van Dickle. I don't really know why. And then, uh, who was the, uh, the guy that was always asleep on the tree? The old tail. Um, oh, gosh, never mind. Rip I Van feel, Winkle? Maybe that's, yeah. Sleeping Beauty? Yes. The guy that's always that was always asleep. I don't know. I think that was. I think that was what it was from. Because I've it's always a riveting been, podcast story. Yeah. So, I watch movies, I don't read. Because there was that and then like somebody always called me the sleepy sergeant. Because I, I always look tired. So that was like my two things was rip and sleepy sergeant. But Anyways, uh, let's talk about some overseas stuff. So all four of us have been overseas um, in some capacity. Some of us, i.e. me and Rip, were in Yusefi. And then the other three, as in Rip, (laughs) Rip, uh, (laughs) Rip, Bumblebee, and Dr. Jones were all PACAV. So we've got got some overseas stuff. We can compare overseas with stateside and let the viewers know which one they should pursue. I personally think that you should attempt to get overseas at some point. I don't think that your first base should be overseas, though. I personally think that we should send, uh, for multiple reasons, coming back stateside. Because one of the big things is like the resources, right, for our new guys. So even like trying to do a range clearance for the new guys was hard. I never got to do my range clearance until... I was just told over and over, like, hey, once you get to back to a stateside base, we'll get you on a range clearance. Just too expensive. Electronic courses, TCCC courses, everything like that was not impossible, but much easier from a, a stateside base. A lot, of, a lot yeah. of things I saw with that is, you know, the younger, younger guys that would come overseas, if they were, you know, mama's boy or in big with their family they'd get over there by themselves and that support network that they'd have it's gone so as a new guy coming into the career field you know you gotta i wouldn't say earn your way in but you know you gotta you you gotta make yourself known to some capacity you know we're not gonna fry you or any any means off the bat but that support network that you once had is kind of tough to get overseas you know with the time and travel and things like that so that's a that's a big thing to consider so i'm gonna agree first station first duty station try to stay stateside get your military feet in and then get yourself overseas for at least you know get the experience did you uh bumblebee go to 
Packaf as a brand new airman or no i had uh my first duty station was uh ellsworth oh yeah that's where you met me that's my man <laughs> but uh yeah i spent three i think three years there um but that i was i think it's good to get like your feet wet in the military in general like to get used to being in the military after after uh, you know basic and tech school and all that stuff what's up you have blousing straps wanna, on your wrist. Always be prepared, <laughs> okay? Put them in your pocket. What time is it? It's 8.10 at night. <laughs> what are you gonna go, man, a lot of stuff has been happening. And I took my boots off and I somehow had my blousing straps back on. I didn't want to lose them, so I put them in the most easy spot to find them again. Maybe the pocket of the pants you're going to use them with? No, or man. keep them on don't your you boots? Know, don't you know the green bands mean you did something with somebody else? A certain thing? What? Like the blue bands? He's talking about high school. Y'all shit. never did that in middle school? No. <laughs> like all the no. kids, all the kids, like you wear like some different color band. A girl would come up and break it for you. I didn't go to high yeah, school. Yeah, but the only the only band that was ever worn around my middle school was the one that signified your you were a cutter, and it was worn by like one person. So it wasn't very cool to do. The only people that wore bands in my high school was the Down syndrome kid that couldn't stop from smacking his wrist together. You obviously didn't go to school in El Paso, Texas, because that's just the school system. And I'm American, so <laughs> those dang degenerates. <laughs> anyway, back to your story. Where was uh, you? Oh yeah, so like I was worth. I think it's good. I think it's good to get your feet wet, uh, just in the military in general. Get used to being a new airman, soldier, whatever the heck you are, and then go overseas because dealing with both of those things at the same time, even if you have a good support system, is still hard because of the time differences. Like you still have to be awake late to talk to family or up early. Um, and then if you have family too, like that's gotta be, that's a dynamic I never had, uh, overseas and that's gotta be rough being a first duty station. Um, and then you have so much upgrade training and all that stuff. Your, your, your workload is just, it's a lot to deal with. (laughs) If you have a bad sponsor, you're on your own. Yeah. So I went to PACAF straight out of EOD school, which was terrible. Uh, I went to Korea. Oh, Korea. Welcome to Korea. Oh, every time I got in this dude's taxi. Sometime beyond tech. <laughs> every time I got in this dude's taxi, he's like, how long you been here? You're like, 10 months. Welcome to Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I said 10, right? Um, <laughs> I leave in two. <laughs> yeah. But, Only American I know. Yeah. But yeah, he, or, uh, it was, I had a lot of fun, but um, like one of my, um, one of the guys that was a, a tech sergeant at the time, I saw him last week and we were talking about it. We're like, dude, we didn't do anything. I learned nothing about being a good garrison EOD tech. I learned a lot about like cam and running UXO calls with cam ordinance and, and stuff. drinking. And the drinking part of being an EOD tech, you, yeah, you signed that off. I learned that. I learned from the best there because the guy who taught me eventually got kicked out for getting a DUI and having coke in his system. You learned all of your Boy Scout badges. Right away, once you get to Korea. All of the, uh, what do you call them? The extracurriculars. Yes. None of the ones that actually count towards anything. Just the ones that could get you kicked out. Your memories. Yeah. Yeah. It's just colorful. Yeah. As a new airman, I didn't learn anything. I didn't know what equipment did. I didn't know how to inventory anything. Nothing. It was bad. There's just not enough time. And especially with the tempo overseas and being, like, they have a legit mission to be ready for. 
So your focus isn't really getting prepared as an airman. It's going to fight this one mission, doing that one mission set, being being good at that. Yeah, and it was during like the spicy days where the little guy was getting a little frisky. You're talking about Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket Man. <laughs> Do you remember when the don't movie... ever bring that guy up again? Do you remember when the movie The Interview came out? Yeah, and he threatened that if we released it on DVD that he was going to nuke South Korea. So I was over there at the time, and I want to say somebody somebody released it, uh, but they did like they did it. Because he specified, he's like, if you guys put this on it's DVD, we're going to attack. Yeah. yeah, somebody hacked Sony. Yeah, Sony is what kicked it uh, off. Yeah. Sony said, fuck game. you, we're putting it out. Yeah, and or something yeah, like so that. So we, we were sitting in my freaking dorm room that night, just with all of our stuff in our gas masks, watching the interview, just to be funny. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with so you there. Story, yeah. I would say that, I don't know. I think some of the places you can thrive as a new airman or soldier or whatever you want to be over there. Uh, but yeah, definitely not pack F. I'd say range base. I know you can't, you yeah, don't really get the pick, true. but coming in, you're going to get your training hands on and then you're going to get the buy-in to the program. So I also think, uh, cause I've worked, uh, on the nuclear side too, stateside. And I think that nuclear bases aren't too bad either for a first duty station for the sole reason that one you get, um, a lot of funding at those bases typically. And two, you get a lot of time. Like it's a lot of downtime. So when I was at that base, we were able to concentrate on every airman that came in and actually develop lesson plans for them and dedicate time. Cause I know at the range bases, yes, they get a lot of experience really fast, but it's also like, Hey, we have a mission to do. And you're kind of just lost in this yeah so big yeah, there's so many point. people so like a typical a typical shop for everybody is about i would say 18 to 22 that would be a typical shop for an eod um Good, yeah your range bases you're sitting more around what 60? 60 so it's a huge difference so if somebody doesn't take a invested yeah, interest in interest. you then very easily you'll just kind of show up and be like all right this is my life i just kind of hang out play nerf gun wars until somebody tells me what to do and i'm not saying that that's not a bad life but at the same time if you're coming in to be an eod tech um nuke base is stateside although not always in the best areas uh you have that benefit so that's kind of the bright side to those areas if you're a brand new airman and you get tasked with one of those bases yeah the nuke world's not terrible it is tough if you're coming in now and you're told that you're going to do all this cool stuff. Yeah. And with the career field as it is, you know, the recruiters being battlefield airmen recruiters, it's tough because those missions are very tough to get into. And without with the, you know, the deployment op tempo currently, you know, it's, it's tough to keep the motivation going at yeah, a and, nuke base. And, and we've talked a lot about that. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's at a nuke base. That's it. It's yeah, at it's every base. Yeah. Just when he says deployment tempo, I mean, we're not, we're going to back bases, and a back base is essentially just a stateside base that's located overseas, and you just can't leave. And you have to sleep in a shitty tent. But you're still expected to do all the computer work and all the programs that are associated with a normal stateside base. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've hit that before on the podcast, and I like that you brought it up because it's big. And I think it's cool because we actually have, um, I mean, we had Beanas on 
I know, and I, I'm pretty sure he's talked a little bit about it, but we kind of have that opposite side of the spectrum here um, with you, Dr. Jones, as far as <laughs> I laugh every time I, I can't keep a straight face, <laughs> but uh, as far as like what rip T and Bumblebee were promised when we, when we joined was, Hey, you're going to be kicking in doors, hand jamming IEDs and, uh, and doing that kind of cool guy shit. And you essentially have done that cool guy shit. Um, and I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but the fallout from doing that cool guy shit is something that we don't, we either choose to ignore or it's something that um, isn't even in, in our minds unless you see we fall, meet. Like mentally, what it does to you? Yeah. After, yeah, okay, yeah. Mentally and fi- like physically too, man. Like, so I was, it's funny because I came in and I was told the opposite because I'm a nerd by nature, right? Like, I didn't want that door kicking shit. Can I say shit? Yeah. The door kicking shit. <laughs> you already like, did. I didn't join. I didn't join for that, right? Like, I joined. Somebody said, "Hey, here's EOD. Here's what you do." I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, cool. It's like a mental chess battle between me and a bomber, right?" So I can use my brain. I'm not kicking doors in, but then I find out I get deployed and I'm fucking not necessarily kicking in the doors, you know, but firefighting and doing hands-on shit. And I was like, "What the hell?" You know, like I didn't sign up for this. So, but yeah, mentally, as you look back in the time while you're in the deployment, it's, it's great. You got, you're hyped up, your adrenaline's flowing, you know, everybody's like, oh, cool, good work, you know, but then as it starts to, over time, it hits you. We don't, you know, the fallout from that, you don't think about it. And some people are more resilient than others when it comes to, you know, when it's going to hit you or how it's going to hit you. And then once your friends start dying around you, you know, people you've known your whole career and you're, you start questioning, you know, like a lot of things go through your head and it's depending on your support and you know, your leadership in the shop, if they don't support you or whatever, it's a tough road to go. If you don't have uh, avenues to let it out, let's put it that way. And that's, that's a big, you know, big one, but I'm all for it. Just know what you're getting into and ask the real questions. That's one thing that I appreciate that the career field is attempting to do, at least on the air force side of things is, allowing EOD techs to step out of the career field for a few years and go do a recruiting gig and give the real story as to what's happening. Um, just the battlefield recruiters, they got commission for getting you to go EOD, PJ, SEER, TACP, all that crap. And so it was like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell these kids whatever they want to hear. Like, oh, here's your $13,000 bonus and all this other 50 stuff. Now. Oh yeah, I know. It was freaking douchebag. insane. But the issue with that is, is the problem with this career field is it's so dynamic. So you get you get guys that go out to even go be an instructor, right? Give or take, they jump back into a flight and they're behind. Yeah. Because they're teaching a ATC, you know, criteria, you know, going going that route. But in the real world, yeah, those are you're going to get your fundamentals, but you really don't start learning until you get to that first base. So those gaps, and then if it's a higher leadership dude comes back from Pentagon or you know a staff gig running the shop it's he's been disconnected for a while and that's caused huge problems from the top trickling yeah. down and then you lose you know the morale and support of the shop coming down and then it's nobody wants to go to work and you don't want to do that like nobody wants to be like that yeah i think that's that's one of the biggest gaps that i'm seeing now is like that where nobody's nobody's really doing anything anymore like we're we're at stateside all the time or at your duty station all the time but I don't think that's a reason why you shouldn't be having a good time, like training, at least being ready. Like you can still tickle the feathers very easily. And a lot of the times I see it shut shut down from those people that come from outside, 
you know, organizations that step out of the career field for a little while and then come back because um, they're they end up starting to be more focused on political, like the, the yeah, the political side, make the uh, make and rank. Um, and not that it's a bad thing, but like spending a ton of time with their family and everything, which it that's I would never say, like, don't spend time with your family, but like obviously balance it to where like you're you still have to watch out for the airmen below you and make sure that they are fit and ready to go just in case something comes up to where they're needed in an environment that has been experienced before because uh one of one of the things i hate now is that uh, people are saying like oh we we don't train like that anymore because that's not the word we had or we have and so like yes but that also wasn't the war we thought we were going into initially that it ended up turning into and like now with technology being the way it is like yeah you might take out the the uh conventional force but like i say like think about if they came to the u.s do you think people are just going to sit on their hands and it's just going to be the military well, they're not ready for the South. I'll tell you yeah. that right, right now. They are not <laughs> ready south, for that. The South <laughs> will rise. i tell you what. It's a gun behind every blade of grass. Yeah, exactly. So, said that, but. Like we, we have all these mission sets, and uh, to focus on some and not others is completely wrong in my mind. You need to focus on all of them just as much as anything else. Or the... Uh, is, it's really nobody's fault that, you know, you can't force deployments, you can't force conflict and stuff like that. And I would never like, and like Dr. Jones was saying, you, you don't want to put people in those situations right. either because you don't know how they're, it's going to affect them. Yeah. And like a story my dad would tell me, he, he used to be uh, army infantry and like, he's like, yeah, there would be these badass guys that were gung-ho ready like all the time in training and then the war kicked off and that first bullet flew and they just held their gun and fell to the ground and that, and that was it and you had to deal with with all those things so like you don't want to force that upon anybody but but you same, want them to be ready when it happens yeah. at the same time though like that is one of my issues you know people you join with the I know, i'm not going to say a generational thing more i think it's more of a cult, cultural thing um, they join with, oh, I'm going to get all these benefits, but you pick a career field such as ours, you know, and you will be exposed to those things at one point. You know, if you stay in for 20 years, it's going to happen. It's what America does, right? So knowing that you're going to be exposed to that, like, go in with that nature, not I want it. I mean, you can want it. That's fine. But know the reality behind those wants. I would say it is a generational thing, though, right? So I, I would say um, outside of Dr. Jones, the other three of us sitting here at the table, like we've joked about, but it's serious. Like we, we were in elementary middle school, right. When nine 11 happened. And so when we were in middle school, our friends or our own parents were, were deploying overseas. Right. And um, I mean, I remember kids losing their parents overseas and the fact that that had looking back now um, on us, even as kids, kind of implemented something like, hey, you know, my friend's dad just passed, like was just killed overseas. And so you kind of get that built into you at such an early age, like, hey, you know, we need to send more people over there because we need to make sure our guys aren't dying. We need to kill the bad guys. As a kid is, is what you kind of simplified it as, right? And so now we've reached the kids that are, 
and to no fault of their own, just like it was no fault of our own that we can't, we joined late is what we call it. We joined too late. We, we didn't get to go to Afghanistan, and Iraq, like that, right? You didn't miss anything. And yeah, so that's his generation. And it's very generational because our generation came in with that. Now, the generation that's coming in today is the post 9-11 generation, right? And so these kids, like the war from when they were at a cognitive age, the wars just was a thing. And now they've seen the war end, like dem- like democratically end. And so to them, joining is more of a, hey, I want to not join to go and fight a war. I want to join because a um, college is stupid. My parents kicked me out. You know what I'm saying? Which was probably part of a reason, part of a reason that we all joined too. But I would say the deeper, like we had a deeper meaning behind it. So I would say it is generational at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good point. I didn't intend on going to college when I joined the military. Like I joined the military to fight, and like I, I was, I had college paid for everything was ready to go. Like I had my dorm room ready to go and all this stuff. And I was like, Nope, not going to do it. I'm going to go do this. And yeah, I think it's just, it's the opposite now because of the the lack of conflict, which like we said, isn't a bad thing, but now it's like, well, I'm going to go to the military because they will pay for my school or they'll let me travel for free or fractions of, of the normal cost and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It's, I think the big thing is just, if you're coming in, at the end of the day, keep your mind open. Don't be, you know, don't go in that one-sided where, you know, um, we've seen examples in the career field, you know, where like America is number one, right? I'm not going to say, you know, have pride in your country, but... Ramses is number one. Yes. <laughs> there he is, the bumblebee <laughs> quotes. <laughs> but like, you know, just keep an open mind across the board, you know, because you're going to come in with a, such diverse group of people, right? You're getting the guys, like you just said, that um, had problems with their parents or you, you know, were set up and just decided, Hey, I'm going to go this path, you know, so be it. Just keep that open mind. Cause that'll get you very far, especially in this career field where that open mind is going to, you know, and humility, which is a lot of, you know, yeah, and, for the younger guys. And then for those guys who did come like at this time or coming in thinking that we were super who and like every unit is doing, you know, fast roping out of helicopters and, you know, you have an opportunity to go to dive school and stuff like I wouldn't say that I'd I'd promise you that you'd go to dive school, but really, I mean, when you get to your first unit, focus on, you know, being a good EOD tech first, getting that getting that five level and everything like that. But um after that, like really I genuinely believe the world is your oyster and it's not, I'm not saying that it's gonna be easy every single time. Like when I wanna do some crazy training like I have to fight against a lot of people in order to get it done. But once you get it done, people see the benefit and it, it boosts the morale. Like people love to do things like that. And even if it's for that so solo benefit, like do it, like take yeah. it into your hands. The career is in your hands. It's one of the career fields where like you can do whatever you want if you put in the effort. Yeah. And that's a big thing, but the big thing, I'll go back to generational, is this generation is the now generation, right? Like, I want to win this video game now. I want to get this now. I get my fast food now. So know that expectation, you've got to work for it. There's that work. You know, you got to put in the work to get what you want, especially with the promotion systems. Like, once you get past, you know, staff, you're going tech and up, it's all boards. So it's kind of, out. I mean, you're. it's all what you do. So as much as you disagree or agree with that, but 
you know, that's a big thing. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that, uh, and it was, it was the same one, like when our generation came in, um, I feel like we came in, we were so gung ho to go do the war and all this stuff. And then the old guys are like, just chill out. Like or EOD was Excel, <laughs> yeah. Excel, Outlook, and DTS. Right. Yeah. And and now it's like, you know, they're like, oh, I I don't want to go. I don't want to go train. I've got to do this on my computer or blah, blah blah. And it's like, no, we need we need to get ready. It's like, yeah, but there's there's no war. Like, but there was. Yeah, and I think it's funny be, you say that because be. I think you and I literally today talked about, or maybe it was yesterday. Um, we talked about how. When we came into the career field, um, it was, I remember getting to my first unit, right? And uh, I was very gung-ho in that way. And <clears throat> they wanted to teach me rocket wrench. And I was like, cool, let's go out there, let's, let's certify rocket wrench, and then how about we do some electronics? We do some IED type yeah. stuff, right? And he was like, and one of the trainers, who's um, not one of the more specialized units, um, <laughs> we have Bumblebee pouring us a fine Chardonnay. bottle of uh, Marvin Gay 2018 Chardonnay de Cassel. I like Chamin. I like Can you please accent. tell me what accent that is? Yeah. That is La Francais. It's like a Hispanic no, Frenchman. No, hey, say it in Mexican. It's then. a Frenchman from Mexico. Hey, read this in Mexican. Oh, hello. <laughs> it is Chardonnay. <laughs> um. No, but like, so, so I remember I'd asked him like, Hey, when are we going to do the cool guy shit? Right. And he was like, Oh, cool. You want to do some ID shit? You want to get in the bomb suit? And I was like, yeah, I want to get in the bomb suit. He's like, all right, cool. Go get the bomb suit out. So I pulled the bomb suit out got, and he's like, all right, uh, have one of your other airmen dress you out. Got dressed out in it. And he's like, all right, you see that one five, five sitting over there. If you don't know what a one five, five millimeter, uh, projectile is Google it. It's heavy as fuck. Um, he's like, pick up that one five, five. And I want you to walk around that lake. And I was like, all right, all right, cool. You know what? I'm in a bomb suit. That's pretty cool. And when I finish that lap around the lake, he's probably going to do something really cool about it. Finish my lap around this little, we call it a tampon lake. It was just a, a retention pond. Outside of my, <laughs> just dirty yeah, water. It was really gross. So I got around the retention pond. I was into tampons. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes, is that pretty cool? And I was like, no, not really. And he goes, all right, do it again. And then, so I, I did it. And then at the end of it, he's like, look, man, this isn't it. Like your level right now and what you need to be working on is the conventional shit and knowing the fundamentals. He's like, the war's over, man. Like you're not going like we've closed down Alpha, we've closed down Foxtrot, we've closed down Bravo. Like he was literally one of the guys to close down uh Charlie. He's like, look, you're not doing it anymore. Um he's like, but what you need to focus on is the war that we ha like none of us here have fought, and that's China, Russia, North Korea type shit. And like even to this day, I struggle. I hate doing that shit, man. I fucking hate rocket wrenches. Yeah. I hate doing brat runs. I hate doing conventional shit. Like, cool, it's a missile. Yeah, I can find it in the pubs. I promise you, I can find that in the pubs. Let's go do some IED shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go bury something and I'll, let me try to find yeah. it with a fucking metal detector. It sucks when you don't find it. Well, I mean, that starts a whole other process. And you're like, when you it, when you write it. the report, it's what you say it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah All but right. Let's let's uh. As the old guy training the young kid, and then I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the album, you know, I'm just going. I'm gonna. Yes. Yeah. Was, was that a 105 or 155? Bitch, I don't know. Put two 155s. I right, called square. <laughs> it was a big bang. I don't care. It's gone. Who's gonna prove me wrong? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this. 
this conversation comes up a lot. I mean, naturally, I think this is one of the biggest um, kind of dilemmas that we have just in the career field between those that are higher ranking and those that are lowest ranking is just the vast difference in expectation when coming in. Um, I mean, shit, when you came in, team leaders were standing up range and the team members were going down range, right? Yeah, team, yep. And so now that's like ever since we've all been in, like that's unheard of. Like it, as a team leader, I'm the one getting in the fucking bomb suit, not my on, <laughs> not the fucking nineteen year old kid who just got out of fucking. I survived four years. It's your turn to try to risk it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I knew this team leader who he was in the phase where, when he became a team member, he was always going down range, right? And then they're like, "Hey, everybody, we're not doing that shit no more. Team leaders, you guys go down range." I got no break. And yeah. then uh, he became a team leader. <laughs> Gosh dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember my, my first flight chief telling me how, like, like the TTPs we have now, like how he just created, not created them, like, single-handedly, but, like, one of his examples was, like, we had gone throughout this entire deployment blowing things up outside of the truck, and I'm hooked up to only a 1,000 feet of shock tube. And then one day, I was like, Maybe I should be inside my truck. <laughs> and that would protect you from a lot more frag than just standing wild out right in the open. You know, that's that's that generation just doing crazy stuff that like we think is just common knowledge now. Yeah. Like, everybody should have done it. And they came up with it on the spot, putting sandbags on the floor to help against IEDs, you know. That's not even I wouldn't even think about that. We have a protected vehicle. Right? We're completely safe. Safer. All right. <laughs> that Marvin Gaye Chardonnay is kicking in. Let's get so, a little loose. If you, if, you, if you guys are... People probably get confused in some of these episodes because it's like, we'll, we'll go talking about something and then I think the next cut is it sounds like a, a stop and a quick restart and that's exactly what it is. Uh so we record in, in, in certain amount, certain time increments. And, yeah, because uh, you guys aren't paying us, so we don't have any money to get some good equipment. <laughs> it's 100% factual. Uh, no, but but we take breaks, and then we start talking about random things. We pre- How long did we talk? That was like 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Holy just, shit, man. Of just a tangent. And two Jack and Cokes later. <laughs> Yeah, of just a tangent of work stuff. Yeah, so to give a little uh, peek behind the curtains, right? So when you get to a shop, you're going to have personalities, right? It's just, it's the same as the civilian world job. But this crew, let me me just jump in. EOD personalities generally pretty hot and spicy. Type A personalities. Type A personalities, okay. Absolutely. Nerds. So for those that don't understand what a type A personality is, somebody that is quick to react, right? But not so quick to share their emotions with somebody that they might have negative emotions with. Would you agree with that? Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. So we have... You'll run around the shop and and go to someone else's office and be like, freaking Dr. J. It's called making your rounds. Yes. It's a thing. We'll get into that. (laughs) Dude, legit. Okay, this is a little sidebar. I had a supervisor one time that she she failed a QA op, like easy QA op, just a layup, and failed it. And uh, 
this dude, this well, she goes to every office to see if she can get justification uh, as to what she did from each individual. Oh, I flight. love telling those people that they're wrong. Oh, dude, it was. I, I love was, it. So I'm, I'm like a senior airman, and like I'm walking past offices, and I can hear this, and I was like, "Yo, like you were wrong." You like, fucked up. Yeah, you messed Accept up. Accept it, train, and move on. Yeah, like stop going to every office and complaining and saying, oh, I did this, blah, blah, blah. Like you were wrong. That That's a, a, oh, no, no, that's kind of what we yeah. just did here, though. That's that's a good that's a good point, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, <clears throat> so we got a spicy personality in our shop, right? Uh, we have a lot of spicy personalities in our shop. And so we actually held, uh, within the last couple months, we held a giant training event where we brought in a bunch of units and we taught them some special skills that they might not have known before. And uh, Dr. Jones was on um, COVID quarantine because he's a dirty COVID-having sick person. Slut. Sluts, you COVID slut. <laughs> With COVID. When you, look, when you look like Indiana Jones... He just comes slut around a lot, just sleeping with all the COVID patients. (laughs) So, anyways, uh, we're like four days into this training, and finally, Doctor Jones shows up. Right, and by this day, we've trained everybody with all this knowledge, and this is how you use the equipment, and this is how you do the ops. And then Doctor Jones comes in during the final op days, and he starts telling me, "Well, this ain't realistic. This is fucking stupid." What the well, fuck are you using a stupid. drop pop? He didn't say stupid. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and uh, so pretty much getting to the point where he's tell he's completely just taking the taking the rug out of our feet, and uh, so the op ends, and one of the lead trainers is like, I walked up to him and I was like, "Hey man, you ready to do the hot wash, the debrief of how the op went?" He's like, "I'm not fucking doing the debrief. <laughs> Doctor Jones can do the fucking debrief since he knows so fucking much." gets super hot and i was like you know what i'll just start the debrief and i walked up in front of everybody and i said look there's a thousand ways to skin this cat all right and just because it's not your way doesn't mean it's wrong doesn't mean it's right as long as the job gets done that's all that matters right and so it it really kind of calmed the tempers of everybody in the room and we had an actual successful debrief in front of a bunch of random guys that we didn't know, and no drama came out of it. But behind the scenes, man, you're going to see it when you get to your first unit. It's a, it's a soap opera. And your second unit and your third but unit. But with that, like, as you see it, if you get those emotions, let, let somebody know, man. You know, like, <laughs> says, says me. And I, I won't lie, I was completely oblivious, oblivious to this one, you know, and my fault on my fault. Are you, do you just have a stroke? Yeah, do you stroke? <laughs> what happens when you get old, okay? <laughs> Double hip surgery adds years, okay? <clears throat> but, yeah, just, like, let, let it out. So it was good that they talked. You know, he had the thing. But get that find, that, find that person. I'm not saying it has to be your boss or your, you know, whatever. Find somebody, you know, and that's a big thing. Or just go curve. up to the guy and tell him. Yeah, or go up like, and don't just harness that inside and, like, let it boil. No. Like, go up to the guy and be like, hey. I mean, don't do it in front of everybody and look like an asshole. Yeah. But pull him aside and, like, yo. You're wrong. You're, this is why. Yeah. Let's go back and I'm a little get things hot, done. Or I'm a little spicy. You know, whatever you want to say, man. Most people, if you go up to it like that, especially a type of curve, like we just said, type A's, you, to take that advantage to go up and confront somebody, just it's going to solve so many problems. You know, easier said than done. But yeah, it's like 
Dr. Jones and I were talking about earlier. You get like I hate the shop I'm at right now because there's no there's a ton of walls. I got like twelve rooms in this freaking shop. There's like two guys to an office. Why have so many walls, man? But we gotta break down these walls. I, yeah, I, right? I come I come from a base where we cut, we chopped down all of our desks so we could see everybody in the the entire shop was in one room. And so you could yell at everybody and tell them, hey, props. hey, you fucking dickhead. Like Bro, And everybody's gonna hear your dirty laundry and everybody's gonna laugh. Like it's just part of the part of the thing. You need to have that open communication and don't just harbor that shit inside your inside your mind and become a little freaking hermit. Like, oh, I hate this place. Like, oh, get the fuck out of here, dude. Just wait till your captain comes in and rips your door off of its hinges while you're uh, while you're not at work. That's what I'm talking about. No more locked doors. No things like that. Yeah. No more, no more, no more closed door meetings. Yeah, there's no closed door meetings. And you see that shit? Open that door. Open the door. Oh, I'm gonna turn on the PA system. Keep talking. Oh, you guys have a PA system? We do. It okay. is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, I thought. Well, it's only great because we don't have the open concept. Like. What WW? What is it? WWJGD? WWJD. What would Joanna Gaines do? Oh. We're gonna knock down up the wall between the kitchen and the dining room and have a nice open concept. Dude, I think the PA systems in the flight are the stupidest things ever. Cause you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go to the PA system, and I'm gonna say, uh, you know, Senior Master Sergeant So and So, uh, the phone is for you. Well, if Senior Master and so-and-so is not there, I didn't go to his office to check because I just used the PA system. So whoever's on the phone just sits there like an idiot. And now EOD is assholes. And now EODs are, yeah, we're dickheads. They already think that. Yeah, but now you but just now solidified we, we confirming it. confirming it. No, it's already, it's confirmed. <laughs> when you give us a compound away from the unit that we're supposed to be with, there's a reason. <laughs> everybody, everybody's just going to think it anyway. And that's exactly what happens in a shop with a PA system. <laughs> You call over the intercom, like, hey, answer the phone. They're not there. Like, that guy just ends up hanging up after five minutes. I've, I've had that argument so many so many times. It's like every flight I go to, we should get a PA system. We should get a PA system. This, no. Don't do it. Where are you going? What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Chips and salsa. Be that guy on Xbox chewing and breathing. It's better than the guy who takes his mic into the bathroom. That is the smallest bag. What the <laughs> heck is that? I have a fucking four-year-old, right? I went to Chipotle tonight. Got a nice little uh, quesadilla with a side of rice and beans, and it comes with a little teeny tiny bag of chips. Dude, I feel like that's that bag of chips. Have you ever seen Rick and Morty where they... they hey, your they, girlfriend liked this bag of chips. Where they do the little bits. The I think little it was bits. your girlfriend that liked this bag of chips. You like this bag of chips? Yeah, she said, little bag? You like that? She likes that bag of chips. She likes little bags. Little bits. <laughs> Eat the bag of stuff, you So I was in the... I was, <laughs> I was in the kitchen when you guys were talking about, like, you don't need no open doors and shit like that. So I didn't get to chime in, but in my mind, I was like, yo, remember in Ellsworth, there was, like, this huge rash of everybody was having closed-door conversations. There was only two offices there's two fucking oh, offices. Office, and so man. I would just walk in and be like, oh, sorry. You guys are in the media. Oh, okay. I'll come back in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I got my cack locked in a room one time when that happened. I got it. <laughs> that was just a, like a brand new C, brand new A1C. And I was just like, hey, I, uh, I guess I'll just the wait. duty day's over. <laughs> I'd like to go I'd home like now. I'd like to kill my cack. <laughs> T, you actually went in there and got my cack. <laughs> I wasn't afraid to open any closed doors, my man. I'm like, fuck it. I've already got an LOR, an LOC. I'm going to fucking piff. 
I got a referral EPR. What else can you do to me? <laughs> the wing commander knows who you are. <laughs> Fuck it, man. For good reason. We have gone. I love so closers. far off. Of All right, <clears throat> let's rope this back in. All right, so overseas or Conus? Thirty minutes ago, we had a conversation about overseas and Conus. We're going back to that right now. <laughs> dun, dun. Welcome to Poker Table Trash Talk. If you've never listened before, <laughs> this is pretty much every episode. All right. Um. Anyways, overseas versus uh versus Conus. So me personally, this is coming from T. I like Conus more. As and far as what though? I'm about to get there, but you interrupted me, and I'm about to lose my train of thought. Excuse me, <laughs> gallery. Excuse me. All right. Anyways, um, if you didn't catch that, she called him out for only going overseas once. So that's all you need. Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the niceties about America, right? Let's say it's Sunday, 5 p.m., and you're like, "Oh shit, I need a gallon of milk." And a two by four. Why do you need a gallon of milk and a two by four? It doesn't fucking matter. You're an American. You fucking need it, right? You're going to get in your truck. You're going to go over to Walmart. You can get that gallon of milk. You're going to drive over to Home Depot. And you can get that two by four, right? Now, let's picture any fucking overseas <laughs> base. <laughs> Where the fuck are you going to drive? Oh, go on the side. <laughs> so I'm saying two by four. Obviously, you've never been to Lawson's in Japan. Finest of egg salad sandwiches. They have it all. Except two by fours. <laughs> no, but I think I think one of the things that so like yeah, Conus, you might have that problem <laughs> that you First that obviously all at the, the time act. you might think is a problem. But when you're in an overseas base and that's not an option, you're just like, All right, well, fuck it. I'll get it tomorrow. And then like everything just kind of slows down. You just pretty chill. At least that, that was my experience for, for at least things like that. And I didn't really understand it until I came back to the States. Like, it was it was just so slowed down. Like, you can... You did a good point. Like, the America as a general, we're very now fast-paced. We're over there. It was like, dude, I closed at 5. Why do you close at 5, bro? Like... Because I got a life, too. Yeah, I'm going to go home and spend time with family. Or I'm going to go home and stare at a wall. Like, oh. All right, I guess I'll go do the same. You know, we don't we don't think we don't think about that because it's like, all right, I'm gonna go home. What am I gonna do next? What am I gonna do next? Overseas is yeah, you, you did on the cultures, you know, over there. It's it's no, I'm gonna chill, hang out, family time, or whatever, fix my garden. I don't know what they do. <laughs> Trim my bonsai tree. Bonsai for, for for comfortability, I vote conus as well. But for camaraderie, I vote overseas. Oh, hands, yeah, down. hands down every day. You nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, comfortability as far as being an American, like yes, I would much rather be stateside. But if you're looking for, if you're looking for the old school, and I can only speak within the past ten years, old school EOD camaraderie, you absolutely have to go. Overseas. And sadly, a, even overseas, it's starting to dwindle a little bit too. It is without a doubt. I mean, I I haven't been overseas in oh geez six years, but back then. It just felt like, hey, look, we are all that we have, right? Um, I was in Germany. You had the Germans, whatever. But as a base, not even just as an EOD shop, but as a fucking base, like you knew everybody on base because you were you're literally your own little country in a six mile perimeter fence, and everybody knew each other. 
And so I thought that that part was really cool. And, and this kind of goes back to being a first term airman at an overseas base is I thought, I thought that that would be my whole air force experience, right? We show up to the shop, everybody's looking out for each other. Yeah. And we, and we just, we build that camaraderie. And then I came back stateside and I was like, wow, literally the only people that hang out together are the single airmen or the airmen that don't have children. Right. And half the time they don't even do anything (laughs) together. Yeah. And that's kind of the vibe now, but I don't, at the same time, I don't blame them. Right. So I came back with that vibe and I hung out with Bumblebee. I hung out with Big Head. Um, I hung out with Wonky Eyed Goat Fucker, and we all we would all hang out together and get drunk, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. But there was reper- I felt like there was repercussions to it at the same time. You know what I mean? And it was almost like it was almost wrong um, in the eyes of some people. Like you shouldn't be going out and getting drunk all the fucking time. Well, but that was all I fucking knew in, when I was in Germany. And it, not only was it all I knew, but it was what the master sergeants were doing with us as well. Yeah. And alcohol doesn't need, need to be involved right. either. You know, it's just more the mentality too. Right. So you'll, you're going to miss a lot. So as you're coming in, you know, the whole Air Force, and I'm, uh, I don't, I think it's bullshit personally, but here we go. I'll get on my soapbox a little bit. The Air Force is like, you know, know your people, know your people. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's like a culture of fear. So like, do I... I know I'm at the point where I'm sacrificing, you know, my home life or whatever, or, you know, whatever. But you miss that that camaraderie, like he was saying, the positives and negatives. Like, hey, I find out things that happened at work that I wouldn't have known about that I can fix, you know, or, you know, that's a it's a big thing. And that's just one little thing, you know, and I'm not saying do it because you have to or you should, but do it because, you know, it's like it's a family. You, you're going to go downrange. That guy, you know, whether you're going to work with him or not. Um, that guy's there. Hey, if I walk down on his ID, is this safe? If I make this plan, is this safe? You want him to tell you, no, bro, that's fucking stupid. But tell you where you're not going to get offended because, hey, I want you to live, not because uh, fuck you, dude. You know that type of type yeah, of thing. I think that's it's weird that. I mean, I, I you could see it coming because so many people want to join that big blue, and you know, obviously make rank and everything where. They're not hanging out because of those reasons, but also before, like it's when I first joined, a lot of the organizations around us would come to our leadership and come to us and ask like, Hey, what are y'all doing? Right. Like, what are you doing? That is like, you guys hang out all the time. It seems like every time we come over, like everybody talks to each other, like they're the same rank and things get done. Uh, and that was how it, how it was when I first came here or came, came into the air force. And they like everyone wanted to mimic us, but now it just seems like we're kind of starting to mimic them. So jumping on that from an old guy perspective, right? The the reason we hung out, I think, a big one, and this is me going through like mental health stuff and things like that, right? Looking back is too wise, right? I went through things with those guys, right? Like they deployed, I deployed, so. I didn't have to go home or go to you know new guys be like, man, tell me your stories. You know, cool, I'll tell my stories. But then when I leave, I get in my car and I drive home. Those stories hit me. You know, like I'll say it in public, and it it hits me different when I'm by myself. You know, but when you're with people that, bro, you remember that time when I you know I cut that body up with Leatherman. You know, like it's it that person knows the struggle, so we can. Jo- it's that that level, and that's kind of where it's the. I think one of the big disconnects is because there's no 
what's tying us together right now other than going to work and I have to do my mission, right? Where's the, where's the emotional tie? And we don't have that as the career field. And I would say, you know, Air Force wide that I've seen the military, you know, they're not deploying. So where's that tie? Like, you know, hey, do you remember sleeping in that tent? And fucking AC went out. Dude, that was brutal, dude. It was like 140. You know, like that tie where they know the emotions behind it. And you're just sitting in the same room with people that have been through the same shit as you have. So it's tough going back on that emotional side because that's what tied us together. So those wars brought us together because it was it was not only like I went through some shitty things. You know, we did some cool stuff. Like you look back, you know, like, cool. On the eyes of a video game movie, it's fucking cool. But at the time, be like, I just saw somebody walk down an IED that he could have turned into pink mist, right? We don't have to talk about those emotions because they're already there. So that tied us together as a group, you know, and I think that disconnect, and it's no fault of anybody. So when I say that, like, some people are like, oh, it's you fucking old guys with the war. It's like, no, 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 man. Like, it's just that shit that we went through. That's what tied us together. But there's just so much going on now. Like, you know, all of us old guys are dealing with most people I know are dealing with something, right? If you've deployed there, you're dealing with some kind of mental something's going on, right? Whether you're getting help or not, it doesn't matter. But that I think that was a big thing, and that's what's the one of the big disconnects now. So, and you know, I don't kind of know where I'm going with it now, but you know, it's a no, no, that makes that make and like it makes way more sense now that you explained it that way. Cause, uh, it's like I've always said, like, you always see like those army freaking 5Ks with 500 people in formation running, hating that one commander, and then but everyone for six months will talk about you remember that freaking bullshit ass 5K that we did in formation. <laughs> Where freaking Sergeant Wallowitz fell out within the second mile. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like, well, well so, Bumblebee, like, it's a good example because we had to, we were in, in Misawa together, right? Yeah. And we had fucking Sunday morning, service dress, standing blues. Yes. And oh my God, the commander's like, all right, I'll be there at 10. So what time? Fucking Air Force, right? You get there at seven because you got to form up. Everyone makes sure uniforms are squared away. It's fucking getting hot, right? People start passing out. You're in at attention for fucking three, four hours, service dress on a fucking Sunday morning. It's that that miserable times that tie you together. You know, as, as shitty as it is at the time, it's like, man, I remember how bad that sucked. And that's, I think that's that's the sellout way of getting people to to come together and get some sort sort of camaraderie. And it only lasts for so long because at a certain point, then they just hate you and they're not going to follow any orders that you give. So, like I would say, like. So I, I think an example that I have like recently is like I set up this uh, FTX that was uh, in November and uh, it was cold as shit. <laughs> you know, uh, it wasn't like a ton of a ton of fun. I like I made guys ruck. Um, that's not always fun. Like people don't want to do it right off the bat, but it's a time for like the guys to get away from everything else, you know, have hours and hours on end with each other. And then it's not just the exercise itself that matters. It's that time around the campfire after all the exercise is done. BS and making yeah. the burgers. Like, making the, you, yeah. That's how you cook a hot dog? Like, You're yeah. What the fuck, man? Exactly. Like, yeah. You burn the shit out of this yeah. one, man. Like, Learn how to cook. Hey, go cut some wood. This yeah. fire is going down. It's super fucking cold. Yeah. 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 And then like you wake up in the morning. Everyone's blaming me because it was cold as shit last night. And I'm like, I, I don't know why you're cold. I'm warm. I have good gear. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one thing that the guy, like guys that have been in for a while too, need to remember is like, 
especially if you've been in in the past 10 or 15 years, like you, you know that the camaraderie, the camaraderie that we're talking about, and you have to understand that the new guys don't, they never got that and they don't get it. So you need to schedule those events and everything like that. I mean, we, you know, under a previous regime, we had to schedule events on Saturdays because they didn't approve of the training that we were doing during the weekdays. And so we would run these, we would call in the army, we'd get a helicopter, we'd go do flyaway missions, we'd go do bivouacs and all this stuff. And it's like you guys were saying, that was, you know, the, the fun memories were walking around in nods and watching friggin' uh, Jester talk to an IED as he's trying to work on it <laughs> in the friggin', you know, midnight hours and everything. Um, but I mean, you bring up a good point that ties into what we talked about this morning. Like you got to, you got to seek that out. Like, you right. know, Bumblebee said, you've got to seek that out. So if you're not getting the training leadership's smashing you down, right? Cause it's going to happen. You're going to get bad leadership. If somebody tells you you're going to get good lead- a whole time, it's a fucking lie. <laughs> yeah. You will run into people you don't like. You're going to run into people that are focused on different things that don't align with what you agree with. You've got to seek those out. So if it come takes coming in, like as much as I disagree with it, if it takes coming in on your Saturday, man, those are the things you got to do. Yeah. Like, you know, or at least have the drive. And when somebody sets it up, be like, hey, man, we're going to do this on Saturday. It's going to be fucking cool. Or it's going to suck, but we're going to do it as a group, right? It's yeah. going to bring us together and you're going to get something out of it. And then, yeah, like the, the balance thing you guys were saying, like, I don't think, and I don't think it's unre- unreasonable to expect, like, yep, sorry, you're not getting this weekend with your family. Like, we're going to train, we're going to work. And uh, I think that's something that we need to, as the older generation, you know, talk with the new guys about. It's like, hey, like, I may take two Saturdays out of your out of your fifty-two Saturdays that you get a year. Like, I'm going to take two of them, and we're going to train, or we're going to go do this and that, uh, just to kind of try, if anything, and build back that camaraderie that is escaping the career field these days. No, I know, I know, we kind of it sounds negative, but let me, let me tie it. It is not like you're going to run into goods and bads. Right. But, um, as a, you know, coming in or cross train, however you're planning, it's still there. (laughs) We just had a, uh, make sure you don't get on the fucking furniture though, man. Look, no, right there. Uh, Hey, on my chair, dude, that, you know how much that chair costs? Look at your pants right now. There's Broke. coke all over your fucking pants. It's on the podcast equipment. You're you worse to, than your fucking You have to old. buy me a whole new podcast setup. Fucking Bumblebee's one-year-old over there playing uh, watercolors with his, uh, his uh, uh, formula <laughs> on my furniture. He's just like them. We're closet alcoholics. <laughs> anyway, back anyway, to you. Yeah. Too real. But overseas. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'll, Dr. Jones, I'm going to try and like, I don't like overseas. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a fan. One, I think I just hit the worst time you could go. Right. I was having relationship problems. The, when I got there, the leadership uh, was just straight miserable. Oh God, it was so bad. The base was bad. Everything. I didn't like it. Um, so overseas living, you know, cool. Get the experience. I'm going to say I don't regret the experience. As shitty as the time as I had there, I don't regret the experience because I learned a lot. Um, I got a different angle um, from it, what it is, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick, you know, with T. He's saying, you know, the, the stateside 
I like it a lot. It gives you the opportunity to do, I think, more broad. When you go overseas, you're focused in wherever you're at. You're in PACAB, you're in, you know, USAFE Europe, wherever you go. You're, you're stuck in that one little world um, as a work side. And you have to worry about privacy and all that kind of stuff yeah, with your, your SOFA agreements. and Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Overseas freaking rocks, dude. So I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. This is Bumblebee here, if you didn't know my voice. But, uh, yeah, no, so... Uh, Dr. Jones and I were in the same place together. I guess we had completely different experiences, which makes sense since this guy was, you know, jailed to base. And I had this dope-ass three-bedroom house by myself next to a farm where you could hear no planes at any time. Um, I also had, you know, a good... Uh, so there's a, there was this EOD tech there that uh, decided to get out there and uh, created a brewery in a nearby city and I became really good friends with him. And that honestly made my time there a lot better because I would go visit him and get like that real Japanese experience. Uh, you know, he would, he would take me like all over the country with him and uh, kind of show me how, how Japan works, you know, how people talk to each other, how, how you eat certain foods, whatever it is. Um, and I loved experiencing all those different things. I love the camaraderie within the shop. Uh, it's and it's hit or miss because you have a good group of guys and you don't have a good group of guys. And at least the level that I was at as a new staff, you know, coming in as a senior airman, we, um, you know, we had we had a good group to hang out with. I think you you bring up a good like overseas. Like I didn't. I'm an introvert, right? I don't like leaving my house. Fucking the don't like it. Same. Never have, right? What? However, don't say, don't say. But he got out, right? And I think if if you know, once I got divorced over there, right? I'll, we'll, we'll lay some some laundry out, right? <laughs> it was shit mess, right? Going through other things too, besides the relationship. But got divorced as soon as she left. I started getting out more, and by out more, I mean like in Misawa City, right? You know, that's about as far as I went. And, and even that, that, like, yeah, doing and, that little bit. Helps and that little lot. bit is huge. And looking back, I wish I had done that more, right? Because I think that would have changed. I would have had a shitty time at work, but hey, I'm going to go hit up, you you know, Hakoda and fucking go snowboarding or, you know, go to a tea party, Japanese tea ceremony or something. You know what I mean? Like that would have offset. I didn't allow anything to offset. So the I missed, I think that's where the, my experience was. And that's on me, right? There's no one else to blame other than myself for that like get out do that cultural stuff if you get the chance because it's on the military's dime to get you over there and living use your own dime to get those experiences yeah so going going out um you know in the country you're based in is obviously like incredible i also had a a great experience on my you know quote-unquote deployment to korea welcome to korea exactly it was um so like i had a unique experience of being alone deployed to a korean base um honestly a lot of people don't like it and i do get why because like it takes you away from your family and you're alone like usually we have that camaraderie or someone to bounce stuff off of um you know other eod techs but you're alone you're having to learn a whole new culture and uh try to teach these guys you know what you do and that's uh 
to me, for me, that was freaking awesome. Like, these guys can freaking party at any age. Any age. Like, I, the first person I ever met was the chief, E9. You know? This guy, this guy has been doing EOD since before I was born. And I'm over here taking soju shots or uh, what do you call them? Somac? Whenever you uh, you drop soju into beer. Oh, Boilermaker. Okay. This guy is. That's, that's the American name for it. The uncultured swine. Uncultured swine. <laughs> I, was a, I was there a long time ago. I don't know what they called it. Yeah. So, you know, and some people didn't get it. You know, um, one of my biggest experiences is like seeing like really, really high up people in the and the American side talk to very high up people on the Korean side and seeing how even at that level, they're like, obviously we're America. Like, why wouldn't you listen to us? Like, listen to me because I'm American and you know, we have that thing where me, the way I decided to attack it was I'm not going to teach you anything for like three months and we're going to party. We're going to party. We're going to have fun. We're going to build camaraderie. And in the end, I, ended up accomplishing more with my group than Navy guys who have been trying to do the same thing for like seven years. And, uh, we did that. We did that in like four months and, uh, we did a joint ex- We ended up inviting the Navy guys to a joint exercise that we set up. And they were like, how did you do this? Like, how did you, how did you get us here? And how did you get multiple Korean, um, outfits to come together and join in this exercise? We're like, dude, we drank Somac. Like, you can't come in and be American. You have to go in and be Korean, be full Korean, be full whatever country you're with. And that, uh, what do you call it? The FID, FID mission, foreign something. I can't remember. It's it's just teaching other countries the American ways. But don't be American. <clears throat> be Korean and teach them. Be Iraqi and teach them, be Afghani and teach them. Um, and you'll see that it's so much fun. They'll teach you so many different things. You'll eat incredible food that you will never find on your own. Or it won't be good. But either way, you tried it. Either way, you tried it, yeah. <laughs> it's an experience. I ate a lot of live things that don't really know what they Fried are. Fried field mouse. Oh, dude, this time in Laos. <laughs> this time in Laos. <laughs> So, like, uh, when you when you work this uh, mission called DPAAs, you you go over, uh, you try to find people that have uh, POWs or MIAs. Uh, you try to find out, you try to find the remains. And uh, us as EOD work with a local bomb squad, and they're the ones that mainly do the work. But you still need to build that camaraderie so that they trust you, you trust them. So while everybody else in our camp would go up and eat lunch on their on their own, we would stay down and eat lunch with the Lao uh, EOD squad. Man, they gave me this bag of bugs, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What? What is this?" <laughs> Put it in your mouth. Yeah. What? What are they? What are you giving me? Like, oh, you know, uh, around light. Bug. <laughs> around light bugs bugs around light in america we zap them but yeah, yeah. i was like are you are you kidding are you shitting me right now it's just mosquitoes but in my in my mind i was saying that but outside i immediately just grabbed a little pinch that i saw someone else eat before and put it in my mouth 
It was absolutely incredible. It tastes like beef jerky. It was like, oh. <laughs> that was one of the best, ex- <laughs> one of the better experiences of trying something new that, yeah. you know, panned out to be in my favor. Um, will I try it again? Probably not. No. But um, it was good. And then after I, I gave them a cigar and uh, they felt what real tobacco was, <laughs> they stopped offering me things <laughs> and, st- and stopped asking me for stuff. <laughs> But it's still a really good time, you know. Building building camaraderie, that's one of the very unique missions with EOD that especially overseas that you will not yeah. get anywhere else. And um those are memories you'll have forever. Yeah, that's that that's a good one. That's a good one. So you you, you hit it uh, overseas side is that that side of it's super cool. So. Yeah, people just you can go overseas and go to like Paris and eat at a McDonald's and get the McDonald's Paris menu. That's something, you know, but going over there and eating some bugs that live around a light in some fashion. <laughs> light bugs. Light some bugs. light bugs. <laughs> you know, you're not getting that. You're not getting that, Conus. And um, football is the devil. <laughs> this, is, this just popped in my head right now, but what irks me the most about coming back to the States like just kills me all the well there's two things but it kills me all the time is seeing so many just fucking fat people yeah, yeah. like i'm glad you're going with fat people too. Oh, i God. cannot yeah. stand it like there's there's like you know like fat like you know whatever like it's you're fine. you're kind of fat but you you're walking you know you're going to walmart you're still walking I need a, and there there's that cart motherfuckers yeah the, oh my god i can't stand you guys <laughs> Yeah, only because you're fat. Like you're hurt because you're fat. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what? You are also the people that do the second thing, <laughs> and that's leaving carts at the handicap spots. Cart narcs at Walmart, in freaking South Dakota, where the wind is twenty thousand miles an hour, and that cart is gonna hit somebody else's car. I hate all of you. That drives me nuts in the military too, though. Because like you'll. Oh yeah, you'll see so fat people, fat bodies, and it's like, how are you still in this? Yeah, it's in like, the military. I, there are not like I. I said this to a couple guys today. Like I get being EOD, we kind of push the limits to the uniform. Like we'll have our hair a little bit too long, or we'll wear, you know, yeah. just different. We'll cuff our sleeves, yeah, me out of stuff a like hole, that. Though. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's <clears> like at least like have a little bit of pride in how you look in the uniform. I don't representative know. yeah freaking fat bodies man go to the gym yeah dude <laughs> there's one time i was teaching this course it's for contingency training not that that means a lot like not that that terminology means a whole lot but contingency you know wartime yeah. training um i'm teaching this course there's at least um 100 people uh all around me and uh this senior nco comes up to me he's like hey Everybody else has a hat on. You need to get a hat on. I'm like, hey, oh, you um, did you realize they stopped making uniforms at size 52? <laughs> like, yeah. How about you go for a run for a little bit, buddy? Buddy? Yeah. Also, your truck's not compensating for anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen some of the, there, some units will do the, uh, if you have unit PT, if you're below a 90 on your PT test, then you have to go work out with a special instructor. 
it's like the special instructor is also below a 90 <laughs> and so it's like oh we're gonna do flutter kicks it's like oh you think flutter kicks are gonna help this like 10 flutter kicks are gonna do it it blows my mind it's not even like a strict regiment that you need no. to go to you just need to run a little bit and, and do some push-ups and stop eating like yeah. an asshole. I mean, yeah. I, who was I? If you want to eat like an asshole, like we were at a, in Masao, we had a guy. He ate like a fuck. We have a guy. He's actually another one here. He eats like a fucking trash can, but he knows I like to eat, so I need to fucking run or do something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like do fucking do something. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like to be severely obese, it's almost a workout in itself. Like you had like oh it's been it's been two hours I need to eat at least five Twinkies, yeah you know like I didn't even think that much about working out and these guys are just eating crazy does it blows my mind and it's like oh I took like way too many steps today I need to sit down for the rest of the day yes and I'm gonna drink this two liter a Mountain Dew you bring that up because my family like at home they're like dad dad you hate fucking hate fat people it's like no I don't hate fat people. It's fat attitude that I hate. Yeah. Right? I don't don't have a problem with you as a person. Oh, yeah. Usually they're kind of cuddly and nice. You cut me off in traffic, and I know the way you drive, you're fucking fat, right? (laughs) And I'm right 95% of the time. (laughs) And I don't know if the circulation cuts off the fucking blood throw, blood 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 flow, flow? yeah, (laughs) to your brain to get you to fucking react. But, like, God damn it, right? Like, <laughs> attitude that you bring, like, I'm entitled to this electric cart in Walmart. Bitch, you ain't entitled to shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was one of the greatest things I loved about Asia is that there's, there are zero fat people. And then also, like, there will be, like, three feet of snow outside, and some freaking grandma is outside with shoveling, a, like, 20 hunt, feet of yeah, driveway. Back, yep. 20 feet of up. driveway. Like, can't even get it. You can't get 23. Or you can't get your kids. Yeah. You can't get your kids to do that. Yeah. Americans are lazy. Yeah. They're incredibly lazy. But it's nice, like, he going back, like, that, bringing that perspective. You're going to get that, that. And that is a huge thing because you're going to bring that back and it, it's going to encompass your, your viewpoint of the world, you know, instead of yeah. that, that sandbox that we live in. Yeah. So that is, that is huge. I would, I would say that they're, they're definitely like, I'd say like '90s, '90s technology. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I feel like a lot of people Japan, think yeah, that like Japan that. and Korea, they're uh, Korea is a little bit more ahead. But they would like if you think about Japan, you think like oh they're in the forefront oh, of technology. Which, and maybe which in is, certain parts. In certain parts, yeah. Overall, but like though, yeah. most most of the time, they're just like it's a bunch of paper, just a bunch of you know this and that. It's nothing crazy. It's handwritten. Um, but one of the things I love most was that like kids like four and up could walk home from school and yeah. I was like that's just normal. Yeah. And one of my dude, one of my favorite things is like if you're at a crosswalk and a little kid comes across the street and they bow like mid midway through the street, I was like, oh man, that kid rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like you can cross any street <laughs> anytime. Just respect. Respect. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a cultural thing. Not like yeah. respect. I have to respect you. It's like I respect you because I want to respect you. Yeah, uh, it's, it's that different, different it's, whole mindset, man. We couldn't even, you couldn't even bring that in. Yeah, no. It there's one time work. I was at a Lawson's, which is like a Seven Eleven here on crack. I would say Seven. I guess the Seven Eleven, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I happened. This is like the only time it ever happened. I went to the cashier stand and I was, "Sumi masen," which is you know, excuse me, excuse me, like hello. 
this dude runs, runs from the back as fast as he can, jumps over the cashier stand right beside me. Scares me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then lands. I was, I was like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> Who did I just watch? <laughs> you just trying out for the Olympics? Do you need sometime? help, sir? What can I do? Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> here, you can ring the bell like 20 times. Bitch, shut up. I'm, I'm on my yeah. break. <laughs> Customer service in Asia just. It's unmatchable. It is unmatchable. Unmatchable. It makes you question, like, is this guy going to stab me? Like, it's that good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so good. It's so good. That's, I will caveat that. That is strictly Asian culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Europe. I did two years story, in, yeah. in Europe, in England, completely bigger dicks left. than the Americans. <laughs> That's because you look American. You got you to gotta look English. Mm. So yeah, you gotta talk with an English accent, mate. So I thought I was like, "Oh, cool! Like I'm getting orders to England, and I'm gonna, you know, meet all these people with this cool accent and all this stuff." About 20 minutes into it, I was like, "I'm over it. I'm done. Like I I don't be quiet. Just stop talking." No. Yeah, it. it, I don't know. It's it is. It's just the culture. I mean, American culture takes after English culture. But I'm not saying it's we're not saying it's bad. Let's just leave it at that. It's just we have our way and they have their way, and it's nice to see. Both, yeah, you have to be willing to ways. embrace it. Yeah, willing to see, willing to think outside of the box that you're in, and see it from their perspective. Like you're in their country, yeah. and uh, think about like if a country were to be have a base anywhere in our states. Yeah, that would just not think about having a base in the south. Oh my God. Let's have like, like a yeah. Korean with a military base seen, dude, in the south. Dude, yeah, that's it just—it's not gonna rock. Oh, it's not no. gonna go. And that's sad. you know, it's—it's sad. It's sad, but that's what you deal with being on an overseas base. Yeah. It's like you can't just go there and expect it to be America. You have to be whatever that country is. Yeah. And once you embrace it, like it opens your eyes. You—you you have a different pr- perspective on life. Like. <laughs> One of the bigger things I had trouble with coming here was like, why are there two lanes to every single road here? Like, because where fat people can't drive. In Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because these freaking dodges, man. Why do you have that dodge lifted? Look at that big ass truck. What are you What are you doing with that truck? You ain't doing nothing. Groceries, do groceries. Yeah, I got to haul groceries. No, you're not. No, you're not. I guarantee you're not. <laughs> that bed of your truck is scratchless. It's scratchless. There is no scratches liner. in that truck. Yeah. You're stepping that bitch in the snow, you slip and bust your ass. Trust me, I know. Do you know Just where the four-wheel drive is? Or does it do it for you? God. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Terrorist. Terrorist. Over, over here in Japan, you have this guy in a freaking two-foot-long freaking clown car. Just making his what way downtown. The, what the two-seater van thing? Uh, what's his face had? You know, with the little bed? Bongo truck. Bongo truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Those are better than any trucks yeah. we have here. Well, you could stack yeah. like things like ten stories high on it. Yeah, you could stack them super high. You can, uh, like, it goes anywhere. Yeah. The turning radius is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about all the things that it offers, <laughs> that truck is better than any Dodge, Ford, Chevy you can think about. And every vehicle over there has the doorknob on the on the steering wheel. Mm, At least, also, yep, yep, yeah. Europe, yep. Oh, I love that. It's just. Good times. Semi truck drivers way ahead of us. Just embrace it. Embrace it. Yeah, man, I loved it, and my wife and I can't wait to go back. Like we, 
sucks to be away from family and everything, but you learn. You, get a you only have one life to live. And get out of your dorm room. So, like, a big one, like, yeah. you people get there, and I've been getting into the big mental health scene over there, and they're like, oh, I'm so sad, I'm so depressed. I was like, well, what do you do? He's like, well, I just play video games. I was like, so you don't leave your dorm, and as a new guy, you're going to be generally in the dorms, right? You got to get out of those dorm rooms and experience something. You know, even, do it by yourself. Like, over there, it's a lot safe, you know, whatever, due to your level of comfort. But get out of your dorm room and get that experience. When you tell me I'm sad because I don't leave my room, yeah, of course you're fucking sad, dude. Like, yeah. get, get sunlight, man. Like, trust me, I'm, I don't leave my house much. So sometimes I'm sad, I'll get out and do something. I feel better, you know? Like, you got to do it. Yeah, go make friends. And if you're a leader in the the unit and you're not pushing the new kids to go out and do stuff or taking them out to go do stuff, like, it, you're you're just as much to blame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you gotta, you can't expect somebody that's 19 and has never lived on their own to come into a completely different country and just be, yeah. you know, overly excited to go out and meet new people and do all that kind of stuff. You have to, you know, help them get comfortable. And, yeah, you have to take that. them under the wing. Yeah. You have to invite them out. But even like, Masawa, you'll go to places where, like, even Masawa in Japan, like, if you walk in, they give you, like, an X with their arms, right? They don't want Americans in their establishment. Don't take that as an offense. You know, like whatever reasons they have behind it, just go find yourself another place to hang out and just know, okay, hey, they don't want me there. I'm gonna go find somewhere else. Don't take that and go like oh, they don't like me off base. No, they just they're that's their establishment and that they wanna do what they wanna do. I mean, you're gonna experience that. But don't take it home and take it, oh American, they left me, you know, like no. Just move on. Don't hey, sorry, all right, take care. I mean you good night or whatever. Move on. That's that's the big thing. I didn't realize that was a thing there. Yeah, yeah, like, there's one just off a of base, and we walked in, it was me and my, my wife at the time, and we walked in, and they gave us the, you know, the X with their hands, we were trying to get some dinner, and, it, and we just, okay, you know, and it was that, that was their symbol, like, hey, we're not serving Americans tonight, or, you know, we got a family, whatever, it doesn't matter, I don't know what, why, but that's, yeah. you just move on, go find somewhere else. Yeah, I mean... Some Americans are freaking douches, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I would turn off some it, of Americans. It only takes too. one. Yeah, yeah. It only takes one experience for them to just be like, "Nah, never again." Yeah. yeah. But I only got turned down. Well, we only got turned down, and it wasn't even. We didn't get turned down. The lady was. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a language barrier, um, and we were looking for Bosun Tang, which is dog soup. And we go to this place, and it's in the middle of Seoul. And she's like, no, 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 like, no chicken. And trying to tell us that this is not chicken. food that you want to eat here. Uh, this is not chicken. This man. is other stuff. And we were like, yeah, yeah, like Bosun Tang. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to have a little five-minute, you know, freaking attempt at Google Translate to be like, this. we want what you're serving. I'm here to experience yeah. what you got. <laughs> the yeah. Google Translate conversations. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, oh, oh okay. okay, take your shoes off. Come on in. Nice day. Definitely, I yeah. But like you were saying, definitely not not a first duty station should be OCs. But yeah. go at some point in your career For because sure. if you're not experiencing the world on the government's dime, yeah. you're messing up. But we yeah. say that like you generally sometimes don't have a choice, right? You can put on your dream sheet, you know, for Air Force. I don't know, can't speak for other services, but Air Force, you can put on your dream sheet. You want to go overseas or not? So when you're coming out of UD school or tech school, whatever you go to, you might go to overseas, and that's okay. Just Go with this 
take this what we're saying with a grain of salt, you know, and going with that positive attitude. Yeah. Get the training yeah. you need. Super positive attitude, like be open to anything. And you know where I set the bar? You know where I set the bar for this uh, being as open as possible. Mm-hmm. So there's this uh, there's this guy who's coming in. He's coming into the shop. He's uh, he's brand new, brand freaking new. Uh, the bar was open. So everybody was getting pretty tanked except for, you know, the person who was picking him up. He picks him up from the airport. His first experience ever. He still has his freaking bags with him. His first experience ever. He's coming to this bar party and uh, everybody's, everybody's tanked. He's tanked. Uh, and there is this, uh, what we call an EOD groupie, you know, girl. I love the groupies. The groupies. Groupies Groupies, are great. groupies, groupies <laughs> hang out, you know. They bring drama. They, they, like, they bring drama. They're, yeah, they're just so much fun. a good time, so you know. Fun. Don't uh, marry him. <laughs> definitely don't marry him. <laughs> but uh, you know, she she was there, and um, you know, dares are getting thrown around and this and that. And some guy dares this brand new guy, put a tampon up his ass. Jeez. Okay. He, yeah, so uh, going old school with it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they dare him that, and then he just disappears. Nobody nobody knows where he went. Everybody's outside, uh, and then all of a sudden, everybody starts going inside, and they see him on top of the bar. Hands and knees, pants down. There's a string hanging out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and the full, uh-huh. the full point of the dare was like, if he does it, then this groupie's gonna take it out with her mouth. Oh. oh this, uh. So she, <laughs> so she goes over there. Well, I'm committed like, well, now. Yeah, Fuck. Like, I'm one of the boys. You know, you know that type of groupie. Yep, yep. I'm like you guys. You know? <laughs> no, you're not. No, no, but that's cool. We'll see it happen. Play it out. So she. He goes over there and starts, you know, you know, like, why are you pulling my chin? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, just kind of puts her teeth on there, starts, starts kind of pulling, just pulling hard. This dude's just laughing his ass off. He's like, ah, he's tanked, just super tanked. He's like, ah, ha, 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 this and that, and uh, she's pulling as hard as she can, and then the string comes off. Oh, no. Oh. Nothing follows. Oh. <laughs> so everybody's just like, oh, shit. He stops laughing. Everybody else stops laughing. It's like, oh, no. Okay. Like, you got a Gerber an arm's length away every single time. So everybody's <sighs> somebody just pulls out a Gerber. He's like, all right, I got this. I got this. It's just like, no. No. I got this. She spreads these cheeks. <laughs> Why does she get it? Just, what? Oh my gosh! Gets it with the tippy tipper. She just starts pulling. Little, oh little my. projectile pops out, oh. lands right on her cheek. Uh. That was the last time we saw her. Yeah, I would leave. I wouldn't come back after that either. Yeah, that's a good story. Oh uh, well, you know, so is that what we're gonna end on? <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, so have a good attitude. she didn't really come back. Yeah, have a good attitude. That's the top of the bar, though. Say, is that I'm not you, saying you have to. Set the I'm, bar? Not, I'm not saying you have to match that bar. I'm just saying if you want to be really freaking cool, <laughs> you know, at least match that bar. <laughs> your standards are really yeah. high. Sir. Your standards. If if you're like, oh, I probably wouldn't do that. I don't want you. <laughs> at least I want you around me. <laughs> All right, uh, if you're married, uh, I'll accept a little bit of hesitation. But in the end, where about that tab off your ass? <laughs>
the, right, there's the title. Yeah, we've been trying to figure out where the title's gonna come in tonight. There it is. Better put that tampon in there, ass. Oh gosh. Well, boys, I don't think that's a. I don't think I can follow that up. I love this. But uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. I don't really. I don't know where do you go. I don't know where to go. No, that's that's a so good. That's just um, a big one, yeah. Like you said, have a good, keep yeah. that attitude open, man. It all comes down to attitude. Yeah. Yeah, and even if you experience a little bit of hatred, it's only because we love you. Yeah, we want, you, we want you to be good. Yeah. If have you're thick not, skin. if you're not getting picked on at the flight or at the unit, yeah, we don't like you. Yeah. If you're not being picked on at all, we don't like you at all. So. You know, expect a little bit of criticism, a little bit of bullying. Not, nah, I want to say bullying. Yeah, just, you can't say bullying. I say well, bullying. It's not hazing. It's just, it's just like I'm treating you because I can talk to you like we're friends. Like a brother. Like a brother. Like, a brother. Yeah. like how how are you treating your like you're not That's treating your brother That's the haircut you chose to come in today with, dude. What the yeah. fuck? You look like a grommet. You know, like that's exactly. that's what you want to hear. You know, like because if you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I like like you were saying before, uh, Doctor Jones. Okie dokie, Dr. Jones, put on two potatoes. Um, I already forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I got. It's I got, gone. I got so caught up with the. I got so caught up with the quote. No. I got so caught up with the quote that I just completely forgot what I was going to say. That's funny. <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, Bumblebee and Dr. J. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, this is an awesome time. You guys are great. We'll do this again sometime. Poker Table Trash Talk. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe to our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Check us out on Spotify. We're talking about Patreon, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Also, if you're into NFTs, crypto, (laughs) hit me up. I'll tell you what the, uh, what not to invest in, which is all of it. If Bitcoin's under 40k tonight, we're hey, investing. Time tonight, to die, boys. boys. Time to buy. It's time to buy. That being said, for Poker Table Trash Talk, uh, this is Rip, Bumblebee, and Doctor Jones, and T. And uh, T had to step out this evening, but uh, he says we're out. <laughs>